Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first podcast about LAFC. I am Taylor here with my lovely co-host. Hi, everybody. I'm the not-so-knowledgeable-about-soccer one, and Taylor is the big analyzer. And what is your name? Oh, yeah. And I'm Swandi. I'm his wife. (laughs) Okay. So, really quickly, this is our first one ever. We'll see how it goes, but we're going to start with what LAFC can improve on from the last couple games. And then from there, we're going to jump into the next game against Real Salt Lake. That part is going to include our projected starting 11 um, and two or three key players to watch out for. And then just overall what we want to see from LAFC. Um and to get right to it... Wait, um, hold on. Can we start off with like our favorite player or something? Because I feel like starting off immediately with improvements is just a downer. Okay, so, this is good. Okay, so I think you know who my favorite player is. Uh, he's a defender. Uh, I don't know because I don't know the position. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, what's his name? I like Dio. He's my favorite. I know oh. for a long time it was Zimmerman, but honestly, guys, that was just because he was a cutie. That is a solid player. Um, I would say my favorite player is Mark Anthony K. Unfortunate, he is not going to be with us for the rest of the season. Um, but going forward, I'm just going to pick the easy pick of Bella. I thought K, when he was playing really tied the midfield together... And with those long legs of his, he, he was able to cover ground. And he really helped keep everything solid in the middle. Was a great distributor. Got a bunch of passes to people. It was the pass before the assist. So he was always good at that. Vela, though, obviously great on the ball. A ton of skill. Easily one of the most exciting players, probably other than Dio, on the team. I really like Dio. I think he just, like, he always goes for it. And I remember there was that one game, do you remember, where it was about to be, like, you know, off the field. The ball was about to go off the field. No one was going after it, and he went for it. And we got a goal after that, am I right? Yeah, that was the second Galaxy game at home. That was the first scored by Vela. Yeah. So, yeah. And I just, like, I think he just has a lot of that grit that I really... I'm an educator, so I love seeing someone that's, like, a hard worker. And I really see that in Dio. I also love that one time, that blessing... He, like, stole the ball from the goalie. And uh, (laughs) I thought that was a great move. It just reminded me, like, of, like, a jokester in my classroom. Okay, but, like, on a serious note, what's been happening these, like, last few games? Um, well, it's been, uh, admittedly, a rough part of the schedule. So we've played some of the top teams in both conferences, that's definitely not going to help. Red Bulls are at the top of the East. Uh, both Galaxy and Sporting are in the playoff hunt in the West. Um, that combined with just the back-to-back nature of these games, um, plus some hard games with the Timbers beforehand, are just making this... This is the definitely the hardest part of the season, and I think we kind of get to see a test of how LAFC in their first year are able to cope with 
some of the best competition that the MLS has to offer. Yeah, and I think it's also like a growing pains thing too. Like this is their first year going. I felt like recently it's been like a stamina thing. Like those boys have just been kind of tired um, out on the field and you could kind of see it in their games. I know Zimmerman was having some kind of issue. Like he kept having cramps or something. Um, yeah, that was super so, obvious in the Houston Open Cup game. People straight up couldn't even run. They were walking. And um, it's, it's really hard playing multiple areas in the country back-to-back. So yeah. um, I think this just will make them stronger in the end. But once we can get through it, the schedule gets a little lighter. Um, but for, for specific improvements... I think there's a couple things that LAFC could try and work on. Um, my most obvious is trying to have Vela involved as much as possible. I think he's great when he's on the wings, but he does, when he cuts inside and is able to get those little passes, I think it allows the team to build off of him a little more. And I think he's been kind of quiet in the games he's played for us. Um, when LAFC were on their hot streak at the beginning of the season, him and Rossi seemed to be at the center of every big play. They seemed to be wherever was needed the most. And since he's come back from the World Cup, I don't think he's as like fully meshed in with the team as he was when they started. Like That start, everyone was just clicking on the same level. And since he's come back from that World Cup, it hasn't been the same. So that's one thing. Get Bella involved. Get him on the ball. He's a great distributor, uh, as well as Lee Wynn and Benny Failhaber. Uh, so that's one way LAFC can improve. Um, other than that, I just think the midfield is one of the keys to LAFC going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, their attack is super potent. They've got the likes of Dio, uh, Christian Ramirez, Blessing on the Wings, Diego Rossi, all these guys definitely know how to score when they're in the, the position to score, make great runs. Rossi especially has been on a hot streak. Um, so it's about getting those guys the ball. Um, I think they like to use the wings a lot, which where is where LAFC has been having most of the success but it's getting that ball from the wing back into the middle, not even necessarily with crosses, though that's one way to do it, um, but maybe cutting it back towards the top of the 18 or getting like a nice one-two uh, to get someone in. So I just think the passing all around in that midfield is really important, and I think one of the reasons it's been lacking in the past couple games is because they don't have the base of that triangle where it was K win and fail hobber k was so often that base of the attack allowing win and fail hobber to get up to make the combos and get extra passes whereas now they have to drop back a little bit deeper help with the de- help with the defense and that's struggling for lafc to get that next pass all right and then i want to know one more thing so i know you used to play soccer you've been on lots of different soccer teams at different levels what do you think is, like, one of the biggest things that makes a team? Because in my experience, like, I mean, as watching our school soccer team, 
when we have those like scrimmage matches, it's always those boys that play soccer outside of school on the same teams together that, and then they end up on the same team. And they have that like communication from having played with each other for so long that helps helps things along. Do you think that it's a communication thing right now because they're a new team and they're still getting used to each other? Like, what do you think for you when you were on a soccer team, what made you stronger like because of your teammates? Um, well, yeah, I think the World Cup really hurt LAFC more than just the five or six games where players were gone. That was a time where they could have used all of those games to get just more in touch with one another. Instead, mm -hmm. they had to go play different styles with their national teams. And when they came back, it's an adjustment. And it's been a month, maybe a little bit more, like a month and a half, two months since that's happened. But we've had so many new players in mm -hmm. throughout that time. Dio, Horta, uh, Ramirez, Danilo Silva. It's There's so much turnaround. And I think this last push before the playoffs, mm -hmm. they really need to cement that. And I do think it's just day in, day out on the training match. You could already tell they know where certain players are going to be on the pitch. Yeah. They find Rossi's runs really well. Um, but that like flow that they had at the early in the year when they all had been training together for months, it it kinda got cut short a little bit by the World Cup. So I think Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I definitely like I look at stuff like that, communication, interaction, because like I said, my soccer knowledge is not the best. Uh, I married into a soccer family. All my husband and my two brothers in law all play soccer and so I'm learning as it goes, guys. I'm learning as it goes. But I can tell that, you know, these guys have, like, a tenacity about them. So that's awesome. So um, we watched a few games. They're not going so, you know, they haven't, they've had a month of just kind of not doing so great. We're about to go see the Real Salt Lake game live. What are your projections? What are you hoping to see? Um, I know you said something about Simon. Um, and where you think he might be for this next game. Okay, so, yeah, really quick to get into it. We'll start with the projected 11. Um, starting from the back, I think Luis Lopez starts in goal again. I think he's recovering. They originally had him as a starter, and they want to see how he goes. Um, from there, we're going to have our a pretty typical lineup, not a... The big one of changes that we saw against Sporting KC, but we got Beta Shore. Um, I personally think Danilo Silva might make it into the team for either Simon or Zimmerman. He played really well against Sporting, and both Zimon and Zimmerman have had struggles as of late, and I could see him pushing the other guys to get better. So I'm personally going to put Simon on the bench, have Zimmerman out there, um, and Jordan Harvey. So the back four of Betashore, Zimmerman, Silva, and Harvey. Uh, for the midfield, this part, uh, it's pretty obviously going to be Failhaber and Win. Uh, they've been starting both matches, but they haven't been playing the full 90, and it seems like they go every match. I think to join that complement will be Edward Atuesta, and he's going to be key because he's going to kind of fill that Mark Anthony K role a little bit, where he's not going to be the playmaker as much as he's going to be the defensive guy. He's very capable of making that extra pass, but 
but I do think Wynn and Failhaber will kind of take that more attacking role. Um, and then to finish it off, we've got, I think, Vela, Blessing, and... Um, Urania? Urania in the middle, yeah. So Vela and Blessing on the sides kind of gives them a good wide threat. And then Arena, who started the year with LAFC, I think, with Dio out. He's their best bet. It wouldn't be too much surprise to, be, uh, to see Christian Ramirez out there. But since he's so new, I think it's questionable. I also don't think Horta is going to get another start. I still think he's meshing with the team. Um, but him for a Twesta or maybe Phil Haber or win wouldn't completely surprise me. Okay. Next question. Tyler Miller. I liked him, but I know I've been like, you know, talking about the LAFC fan page on Facebook and it seems like mixed reviews on Miller. I thought that game that they played against, um, what was it? The yeah. Red Bulls? Was that Dallas? the cup, the cup oh, game? Oh, Houston. Where they went into like. I, I want to call oh, it yeah, overtime or the shootout or whatever. And, you know, people were like, oh, he missed goals and then this and that. But I thought he saved a lot of goals, too. And, you know, like, he he was really pushing it. And I don't think, like, I don't know. I think people were being a little bit hard on him. I have a soft spot in my heart for Miller. <laughs> so I think Miller has definitely improved. One of the most improved players on the team since the start of the season and I think he would have started against Sporting, except for it seemed like he picked up a little injury in that Houston game. Oh, that's which right. Which is why he was, like, limping during the penalty yeah, shootout and stuff. I forgot about that. Yeah, I totally remember that. So it wasn't like he played his way out. I think he just got hurt, and Luis Lopez was coming back from an injury. They wanted to see how it was. So I honestly think it's going to be a little bit of a battle between the two of them to yeah. see who gets the playoff spot. That'll be good for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think Tyler Miller has been playing great the past couple months. The goals, for the most part, aren't his fault. Like, he, in the second LA Derby, he saved uh, LAFC from the defeat. He had that crazy block against Ola Kamara, diving out to make sure they didn't score a third. So... I think he's definitely set himself up. He just got a little bit of a knock. Yeah, I really definitely like him. Um, did you want to talk a little bit more about key players and what you think the season, the, the last stretch of the season is going to look like and what anything else that you expect to see at tomorrow's game? Yeah, so finishing it up, I'll just go... I kind of mentioned this a little bit, but my two players that I think... Uh, I'm gonna watch the most out watch out the most for are Bella and Atuesta getting both of them involved well specifically Bella in attack and Atuesta in defense um, they can be keys on which LAFC like starts a big uh, route of Real Salt Lake and then just to keep the clean sheet uh, both those guys are gonna be super important and if Arania starts and does get another goal and he starts to pick up two, that would be my third guy. Like, if he st- he was on fire not scoring goals but setting up everyone else at the beginning of the season, we need to bring that back. Um, and then I will note um, the biggest win in LAFC history, 5-1, was against Real Salt Lake in the second game of the season. 
So hopefully we get back to big winning ways just like that. I'll take a win even if it's 1-0. But this does have the potential with Real Salt Lake playing great at home and not so great on the road. It could be a big game where LAFC things go right. Everyone gets pumped and excited. And hopefully it is a good win. Yeah, and... I mean, I'm excited to see Real Salt Lake. One of um, Taylor's brother's former teammates is actually on the team, too. Corey Baird. Um, and so that'll be cool to, like, see one of... one of. Um, he played at Stanford. Yeah, he played at brother, Stanford. Yes. So, like, someone we've seen playing at the college level play at this level. So I'm, I'm excited to see that transition for him, too, even though he's not on our team. <laughs> uh, he should be out there, but we'll see what happens. I... I hope for him to have a good game, but not as good as LAFC. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and then last thing, there's one point that I've been thinking about uh, preparing for this was a strong start and a strong finish. And it seems like that's both on a season level and a game basis. So LAFC starts strong almost every game, the first 10, 15, 20 minutes. It's a bunch of attacks. Usually they're getting a goal by then. And then it kind of... Evens out in the middle, other teams start to find their way into the game, but we really need to get that strong end of the game and also end of the season. That's going to be really key for LAFC coming down. Um, but I think they've shown that they can do it. They just have to put in the effort, and it'll all be there. Yeah. So, any last words? I, I mean, I think that's it. I'm really excited to see the game tomorrow. I'm really excited to see it live. I'm really excited for the Falconer. I always enjoy the Falconer at the game. That's my thing. Um, so, I'm, you know, we hope to come back with another analysis after the game. And, yeah. Yeah. So, if you've never been to an LAFC game, all the pregame festivities are awesome. So, I definitely suggest getting there a little bit early. We did that for our first game that we saw was against the Philadelphia Union, and it was a lot of fun. So, so yeah. We're excited. Alrighty. Good night, <coughs> and good luck to our black and gold. Go LAFC!